Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, October 28th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We talk Chiefs today with star columnists Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian, along with beat writers Herbie Teopi and Sam McDowell. I thought maybe we'd spend the show talking about what's been going wrong on both sides of the ball. There are plenty of problems to discuss, but I like to go where the conversation takes us. And today it took us almost exclusively to Patrick Mahomes. He's coming off his worst game with the Chiefs, and we discussed how and why that happened. The show started as a Sports Beat Live, where those watching also joined in the conversation. So let's get going talking Chiefs and mostly Mahomes. Hey, good morning from rainy Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, our weekly chat about the Chiefs with the folks in the media who know them best and with you. Send us your question and comments, and we'll talk Chiefs with you, and there's plenty to discuss. Um, and listen, thanks for adjusting your schedule. We usually have these conversations on Friday. We're doing it on Thursday this week and next because of the Chiefs schedule. I think everybody is here. Um, Sam McDowell is here. Good morning, Sam. And Baha Gregorian, Sam Mellinger. And... Coming to you live from the front seat of his car is Herbie Teope and his cat, Willie. Good morning, Herbie. Can I just point out that uh, Herbie wanted to make a big production of being the earliest uh, guy on? Meanwhile, Sam Mellinger and I, and Sam McDowell, too, drawing on a little Marvin Barnes for Game Time is on time. And I believe uh, the way it's going, Herbie will be the last to chime in as well. First to arrive, last to comment. But that's all right. Um, uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll take any we'll take any Herbie wisdom that we absolutely can get. So, um, hey, listen, because the because of the adjusted schedule this week, uh, we we haven't had an opportunity to talk uh, to any of the Chiefs players or coaches except for Andy Reid on Monday. You know, I, I don't know how much was revealed in in, in that conversation, but. Um, but there is still a lot to discuss. I don't even know where to start with, with this team, guys. Uh, 27-3 loss to the Tennessee Titans on Sunday, and they take on the New York Giants on Monday night football. I wrote down a list of things that I think are concerns for the Chiefs, and, and you all have written, we've all written about what those concerns are. I suppose the best place to start is the the idea that the, the season-long problem with the defense has now created issues for the offense. And Vahe, you wrote about that. That was your Sunday game column. And I just, how about take us down that road, elaborating a little bit more on how you think that, you know, the, 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 as poorly as this defense is playing, it's now starting to infect the offense. Well, I, I think we've seen bits and pieces of that for a while, but I, I guess I want to start by saying something maybe I didn't express as well as I should have in the column. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has certainly had some hiccups in his game that are all on him. He's also had a lot of great moments that have, I think, been, um, you know, obscured a little bit by the last, certainly by the last game. But it 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 does seem to me, and, and he he laid this out a little bit without saying it directly the other day, just talking about how um, – once they're behind, he starts doing things differently. It is funny that um, that it seems like we can see a direct connection between that this year in ways we didn't see his first season. 
maybe a little bit his first season, but I, I, I would submit that the mistakes he's made this season um, look a little worse than even some of the rookie mistakes. And, and the rookie mistakes were few and far between. Um, so I, I just think that's, that's really, it is part of it. I do think it's trickling over. Um, and I, I don't know why it's in his head the way it appears to be to us, other than the fact that if, if, if you don't score, you feel like you're, you're, you know, going down the drain. So it this is a side point, but it does make you wonder about why, uh, why the chiefs chiefs aren't, uh, going ahead and taking the, taking the ball at the start of games. Just, it's a very minor side point in a lot of ways. And I'm sure it, it's, you know, Andy's got his scientific reasons for doing it, but something needs to be tilted a little bit, even if it's just as simple as setting the tone for the game in the first quarter. Yeah. And he does play the percentage, as he says on the, uh, on the coin toss when they loves to, you know, loves to win it and defer. And he, he loves that, you know, try to score at the end of the first half and then at the beginning of the second half for that. Uh, it's the, it's the, it's the one time in the game you can have consecutive possessions, right? That's the analytics to it. So Herbie, Herbie's here. Herbie, good, good to hear from you, buddy. Um, hey, no injury report as of yet. What came out of the what came out of the Titans game that we need to keep an eye on when Andy Reid comes up with a report today? Well, obviously Patrick Mahomes is going to be the big one, uh, but Mahomes said after Sunday's game that he's fine. You know, he entered the concussion protocol. Uh, and then he cleared it, and then he just he finished the rest of the game on the sideline. Reed said he was good to go, uh, and I believe he said on Monday that you know he he, he should be available for this week's game. And, and then you had uh, Chris Jones with the groin strain, and then you had uh, Tyreek Matthew, Tyron Matthew, with the rib injury. Uh, so those are the three that you're going to want to watch this week. Anthony Hitchens is still dealing with the elbow injury, but last week Sam McDowell and I saw his arm in the swing, so I don't think he's going to be ready this week at all. Plus, I like what Nick Bolton did, uh, I think, right? Uh, 15 tackles against Tennessee. Did not play great in pass coverage. I think I, think I saw the stat from Pro Football Focus that uh, targeted six times, five completions uh, for something like 50 yards. So. But that's kind of know what you know what you're getting with Nick Bolton. Um, you know, good tackler, still developing the the pass defensive skills, pass defense skills. So I thought there were a couple of interesting comments that came out of the Tennessee game that we didn't address right after the game when we did the show. And one of them was Andy Reid. Let me make sure I I got it right. Saying I'm seeing things that I haven't seen before. That was kind of a revealing comment, Sam. Wasn't it, Melliger? Was it? For Andy to say something like that, he's only been in the game for, you know, almost a quarter, quarter century <laughs> and had winning teams for most of those years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's only the, is he the longest tenured or second longest behind Belichick? Second behind Belichick, yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, McDowell did a good job immediately because that, that was in Andy's opening statement where he said that, um, which I think is significant. Um, and then And then McDowell, immediately the first question was what do you mean because that can go any way right like i'm seeing coverages i haven't seen before i'm seeing you know calls what whatever and and it was basically his point correct me if i'm wrong guys was basically like guys who i've seen perform are in position to perform and they're not performing and and in some ways they're they're going the opposite way and look this is andy 
talks in code and he talks, you know, sort of vaguely a lot. He doesn't like to give specifics, but um, you guys love the. Go- <laughs> I, I heard the quarterback like that. That's that's what I was hearing when he said those words, and um, in part because I think Mahomes played the worst game of his career on Sunday. Um, you know, he's had games where he's not been great, you know, um, but I don't remember a game where I mean he, he was just bad. I mean, he was just bad. And and there weren't any of the sort of unicorn plays um, to, to balance it out. There, there were bad reads. There were happy feet. There, it was just, it was really, really bad. And um, I don't know that that's what Andy was talking about specifically, but um, that's how I heard it. Because that, that was my kind of biggest takeaway from the game on Sunday. Just the quarterback for the first time was really bad. Yeah, I, I thought the quarterback, um, you know, Tyree Kills dropping passes, like unlike he's ever dropped before. I think he's already matched last year's total with drops. Um, you know, Chris Jones and Frank Clark are in spots that they've been in the past two years, and they have combined for zero sacks since week one. So, you know, I, I, I definitely think that Sam's right, that it's about the, the, the players aren't performing because a lot of times when Andy Reid talks in code, it's because he doesn't want to call out players specifically. That's not his M.O. Um, so I think that's as close as, as he's probably going to get. Um, I, I don't think he wanted to be asked about it, to be honest. I, I thought his answer indicated that I've said all I want to say about that. Um, but I, but I, I agree with Sam. You know, the, the quarterback played his worst game of his career, I thought. Um, and what's you know, possibly more worrisome is I think two of the – I think the worst two games of his career have come in the last three weeks. I think in that Buffalo game he had an excuse. The weather was awful. Um, but we all thought that could have been the worst regular season game he'd ever played. And the one in Tennessee was, was marketedly worse. Sandwich in between that was a really good second half at Washington. So um, is it a, a matter of AFC opponents being more familiar with Patrick Mahomes and, you know, going up against uh, NFC teams that you never, you know, first time he ever played against uh, Washington and, his other really nice game this year against Philadelphia is there, do you think there's something to be said for that Herbie that uh, teams that, uh, that haven't seen Patrick Mahomes or, you know, he, he's liable to have more success against him. That might have some truth. I think like Giants head coach Joe judge said it best yesterday when he addressed the Giants media, he said the narrative that teams have figured out Patrick Mahomes is, is false. You know, it's, it didn't happen to have bad games. Like, like McDowell was talking about it. He's had some bad games. And unfortunately, they're going to have to fight through this. Yeah, I think there's a combination of things at play there to answer that question, Blair, which is everybody's, you know, Philadelphia played the same defense against them that Tennessee and Buffalo played. Everybody's playing the two-deep shell against them without blitzing. That all derives from last year's Super Bowl. You know, as a product of getting shut out or, you know, held out of the end zone in Tampa Bay, they're seeing the same defense every single week. They might be the only team in the NFL. And, Obviously, we cover one of them, not the other 31. But I feel like they have to be one of the only teams in the NFL that sees the same defense every single week. They know what they're going to see. And, you know, to the question of how they figured them out, the Chiefs have the ability to, to play against that defense. They showed it in the first four weeks. They were leading the NFL by a large margin of points per drive, I think, like, by .28. But the past three weeks, they've gotten impatient. And I think it goes back to what Vahe said at the top which is when the defense isn't playing well, all of a sudden they're pressing. And what's, what's taken away from them, what's different than Patrick Mahomes' first year is the defenses aren't allowing them to get it back in, in one or two plays because they're playing the two-deep shell. So what happens is they've got to move the ball down the field in a more consistent and patient manner. 
in the first four weeks, they were fine doing that. But then once the defense isn't producing, I think the quarterback specifically feels like he's got to make something happen more quickly. And those are the plays that aren't there. So you're seeing that sort of vicious cycle combination of wanting to get it back quickly versus those are the exact plays that defenses are taking away from them. I'd also point one thing out too, just maybe, maybe this is piling on at this point, but um, you know, Blair, you mentioned the Washington game and the, and the Philly game Um, in each of those games, he made stupid decisions too. (laughs) You know, the, the kind of decisions that he really hasn't made. And there was also one in the Baltimore game. Um, and, and then one, um, this last week, um, the, the interception that he threw on that when he was going to his left on first down, um, trying to force it into Josh Gordon. And so you can sort of write off, he's, he hasn't been like unbelievable in every game. You know, I remember the Atlanta game last year, um, Jacksonville was at his first or second year. I think that was his first year as a starter. I mean, there, there's been times where he hasn't been great, but we haven't seen that. You know, like I, I would argue, and maybe this is recency bias, but I don't think it is. I would argue that if you charted his plays, that the five worst or at least three or four of the five worst decisions that he's made in his career have been in the last like five or six weeks. Um, and, and that to me is, is the most like the single, if you just want to get right down into the weeds, like that's the single most concerning part of all of this. Yeah, that's a great point. And Vahe, I think you you said it in your column, we, we have reached the end of the age of innocence <laughs> with Patrick Mahomes. Well, I feel like we've certainly ripped kind of the Band-Aid off, right? And, and this is all pretty raw now. You know what's interesting with Patrick, though, is that um, we've all seen it. Any Chiefs fan has seen it. And, and people that might have a, you know, sort of distant uh, sense of him, wouldn't really think this, but I think we've been able to say all along that Patrick is, uh, he's not, he's not reckless. That's not his game. He's more computer than he is whimsical. Um, it, it can look a little bit like that at times because he does so many things that defy explanation, but actually you can, you know, Sam used the term earlier about charting. If you, you could, you could probably chart almost from his workouts to his practice uh, habits, how some of these plays happen in games, but these five, six, seven plays are completely out of character actually for him. And that, that's the thing. I think we all know that chiefs fans know that from seeing him so much. I think there are people who are, you know, somewhat distant observers who sort of assume that that's just part of what comes with the Patrick package. It doesn't, or it hasn't. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that tells me that that can be cleaned up. Right. That that and and I look, we know he's a pretty prideful, pretty competitive, pretty strong willed guy. Um, he's human and uh, maybe he's gotten into some habits of, of pressing, but I, I, I can't imagine he's not going to clean this up. We'll see. I mean, as I say, that's why they play the games. But I, I, I think he'll get that cleaned up. And, and something we haven't touched on and it, it, the, today and we've gone almost 15 minutes without mentioning turnovers obviously that that's part of the you know the the confluence of you know problems that have added up to this bad start for for the chiefs but as sam mcdowell referred to earlier that the chiefs had some really nice offensive numbers in the first few weeks of the season one of those nice numbers their yards and were were high and the time of possession was good they were just you know ending sometimes eight to ten play drives with 
a stupid turnover, right? Uh, the ball deflecting off of, of Tyreek Hill or Marcus Camp or or whatever. I mean, it's un, it is remarkable that they they are about to lap the field in the NFL field when it comes to turnovers this year. They're at 17 giveaways. The next closest team on the list is the Jacksonville Jaguars with 12. And this is so contrary to an Andy Reid coach team that when you, when you talk about, you know, maybe areas that can be cleaned up, this with, with a little more concentration and was ball security. That That's one of them. Uh, I know it's, it's belaboring the obvious to say that, but I, I truly believe that the turnovers are something that they can, they can control and need to control. Blair, just one quick thing with those numbers. I, I don't have it right in front of me, but I think I remember this right from some research a couple of weeks ago. I believe the most turnovers an Andy Reid coach Chiefs team has committed in a season, have committed in a season, is 18. Um, so they're, they're one away from that. His last couple of Philly teams were, were over 20 a few times, interestingly enough. Um, but it is... Again, talk about out of character. Anyway, just want to have some fun with numbers. Can I pile on some more? Please. Um, his interception rate is the same as Sam Darnold's, and Sam Darnold just got benched. He's thrown the same number of interceptions. Like nobody's thrown more interceptions than him in the entire league. He is tied with Zach Wilson. You never want to be tied with a Jets rookie quarterback, especially one that's played one fewer game than you. And just to add on to what Vahe just said, Every year, and this is what this is year nine of 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 Andy here, Andy mm-hmm. um, in, in Kansas City, and every single year, eight out of eight, they've been above and usually way above league average in turnover rate, and now they're the, they're the worst in the league. It's just it's a stunning <laughs> turn of events. It's just it's absolutely just it makes no sense, but it keeps happening. But, you know, for the first six weeks, I felt like they were the product of bad luck. You know, you, you had Tyreek Hill fumble. He doesn't usually fumble. You had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fumble back-to-back weeks. It was the first two fumbles of his career. Went his entire rookie year with that one. Three of Patrick Mahomes' interceptions were deflected or dropped from receivers. Um, the other three at that time were plays where it was third down. He's about to get sacked, and he thought, now is a good time to take a risk. That's why the Tennessee game was so alarming to me is those were products of a quarterback pressing. You know, the, the first down play that Sam mentioned earlier, um, inexcusable pass. The, the fumble that Mahomes had, the way he's carrying the ball, I mean, he beat himself up after the game about that one. Those are different than what we've seen before to where if you watch this team play, you'd say, okay, now I understand why they turn the ball over so much. The first six weeks, you, you kept saying, this is going to end. You know, they're, they're just on this string of bad luck. It's going to end. Maybe they got a little bit lucky last year. He threw some interceptable balls that were dropped. And now you, you are wondering, is this going to be some sort of trend? And I think that goes back to what Vahe says again about the fact that, you know, it's, it's the way the defense is playing, that they, they feel like they've got to make too much happen, which is so weird about Patrick Mahomes is, is you wonder, can he break out of this slump a little bit? It's more of a mental slump than it is like an actual physical slump. Um, and so that's why it's a little bit confusing is to try and predict when is this slump going to end? Because first of all, we haven't seen this quarterback in a slump. But second of all, you know, it's, it's, it's what's going on up here that's forcing some of these turnovers. It's the decisions he's making more than just the bad throws. I have a theory. Can I, can I share a theory? Do tell. I, I think it's more than just the defense. Like, I, I think that it's more than just he thinks or he knows that the defense stinks. 
Um, this is armchair psychology. I'm just going <laughs> to preface it with that. Uh, but he is super aware of what people say about him, right? And he is super aware and, and protective of and motivated by his place amongst his peers. And I'm not just talking about counting to four in Baltimore and counting to 10 in Chicago, but he is, you know, if you, <laughs> we've all talked to people who are close to Patrick and they, they all mention this. Um, and one of them to me said that it, it goes all the way back to when he was a kid and people started making fun of his voice. Like he just, he thinks about how people perceive him. And I think starting with the Super Bowl, that started to change with him. And instead of there was it that if you remember before when, when the Super Bowl kicked off, the momentum was, is Patrick catching up to Tom Brady as, you know, the all time best. And that would have been two Super Bowls in his first three years. And it would have been six to two. That's still a huge gap, but I don't know. He's only 25 or 26 or whatever. And now, if you think about it, the momentum is, has Josh Allen passed him? Kyler Murray, um, Justin Herbert, like all these guys, and I'm not saying they've passed him. I would still take Patrick number one in a redraft. And I, and I think a lot of people would too, but that gap is, has, has closed. And I think Patrick is super aware of that. And as much, and I would argue more than pressing because of the defense stinks, I think that's in his head too. And I, I think he's trying to make plays that aren't there because he kind of feels this grip on, you know, being the best player in the league, loosening a little bit. Again, armchair psychology. Um, and I'm actually going to write a column about this, I think, to hopefully explain a little bit better. But I think that's what's in his head as much as anything else. I really do. Sam, do you have office hours this afternoon? I could I could use a little tune up. <laughs> You're always welcome. Bye. <laughs> hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, this is a, a minor thing in a way. It's just, again, a point in numbers, but Sam just made me think of this with that the feeling we had about Patrick's trajectory going into the Super Bowl. It, it, if memory serves, I think this is right. Going into the Super Bowl, the Chiefs had won 26 of the last 27 games that Patrick Mahomes had started. It's unbelievable. And now it's, they've lost five of the last eight. Um, I, I know that that's <laughs> just saying a number again, but it, it, that's why this is so jarring. It's not just a three and four start with a lot of sloppy habits for, for, a, for a team that doesn't have those habits. It's, it's a complete turnaround. Yeah, and I, I wonder if, you know, um, to, to sort of feed into both of those points, if it seems like he's been motivated by certain things every year and whether or not it's being the best and whether or not it's, it's you know, winning two in his first three, setting records as a team and individually. 
I, I still wonder if that's what this locker room conversation be is finding this new sort of motivation. You know, I, it goes back to in that Texans playoff game in the 2019 season where he told his teammates, hey, let's do something special when they're down 24 nothing." I think you're going to see, a, a, you know, we, we talked to Patrick here in a, a couple hours. I think you're going to see that sort of press conference for him today is, hey, you know, it's not often a team is three and four and comes back and wins at all. And I think that's sort of going to be the, the message that we hear today with, with Andy and specifically the quarterback. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, it, it may be as simple as from my perspective, it seemed like Mahomes played with a free and mindedness uh, in, in his first three years as a starter. You know, there was and anything was possible for him. You know, he he he'd look downfield and you know, and and it was just like what what's special is coming out of this play, and it's it's crazy. But I almost feel like the opposite now when he he doesn't play with a free mind and and when he drops back and throws, I'm thinking, well. I'm sure this guy's covered and, uh, you know, maybe made the wrong read here. Maybe it does go back to the Super Bowl loss, uh, which which brings me to another point that we haven't addressed, which I think uh, is is worthy of, of conversation. And that was the play of the offensive line in Tennessee and how that affected Mahomes' game. Um, sacked four times, pressured nine times, both I think the sacks were a season high. Um, the pressure may have been a season high as well, but that to me, that, that was mindful of the Tampa Bay game in the Super Bowl, the way he was just always running for his life. But even in the Super Bowl, his throws were on target and so often to receivers that, you know, had a chance to make the catch. I didn't see a lot of that at Tennessee. You know, he's running for his life. Orlando Brown's, you know, not quick enough to, you know, to handle the, the rush end and, um, and, and, and Mahomes sometimes bails too quickly. I don't know. There just seems to be a, almost a complete breakdown of his game right now. And the offensive line didn't help him last week. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think, Blair, that he helped the offensive line either, though. When you go back to that Tampa game, um, he had to run for his life in that game. When you go back and watch the Titans game, there were moments where he did not have to run for his life, but he chose to do that. And I still do think that could go back to the Tampa game. I, I think, you know, that there's a little bit of that ingrained in him um, on, on plays to try and make something happen. But now I think he's doing it before he needs to do it. Um, you know, Orlando Brown did not have his best game, but I don't think it was as bad as what you probably initially thought. There was one play, and it was the one where Mahomes fumbled but got it back, where Mahomes drops back like 11 yards. And you know, there's not a, a left tackle in the league that's blocking – to prevent a guy from getting 11 yards downfield. Usually that's a win for a left tackle and you can push a guy 11 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Um, there's just moments where he can step up in the pocket, he can slide in the pocket. The things that have made Tom Brady that in the past made Peyton Manning so good, because those aren't mobile guys, but those aren't guys who get sacked. And it's because they maneuver within the pocket. And I think that's the biggest attribute that the quarterback has always um, emphasized and always been able to improve. But I didn't think he helped the offensive line as, as much as he could have in that game. Yeah, I would enthusiastically co-sign on that about, you know, Orlando Brown can get beat on an edge rush. Like a, if, if you're a speed rusher, you can get around him. But there are times where you've got to go 12 yards downfield to do it. And I, I, I'm assuming, I don't know, you know, I'm assuming that the adjustment going forward is that Patrick will either be, you know, have that in his head. Because when, when an edge rusher gets up that 
far upfield, there's a huge gap there between the left tackle and the left guard. So that's that space that he can come in or, and or put a tight end over there and just chip him. And then that, that'll slow down the edge rush and give Orlando Brown a little bit better of a chance. Because there were – I thought Orlando Brown was a disaster watching live. <laughs> and, and I was, I was pretty – I was surprised going back and, and seeing – there was once – in particular, I remember he just got flat beat, you know, just in a way that a guy who wants $20 million a year should not be getting beat. Um, but there are also a lot of times where the guy making $500 million <laughs> needs to needs to help out his left tackle a little bit. Andy Reid said after, um, I think it was Monday, wasn't it, Blair, that I asked him specifically about Mahomes within the pocket. Um, and he really didn't want to go there, but he did mention the fact that Tennessee – was intentionally swinging wide on the left tackle. And on the right side of the Chiefs line, the Titans were um, sort of doing a stunt to, to put more of their pressure on the right side, even though they weren't blitzing. You know, they were shading their pressure to that side. So if, if Mahomes wanted to step up to avoid that guy coming around his left side, his blind side, if he wanted to step up to the right, there was an extra guy there. Um, so just an interesting way of, of the, the Titans sort of disguising their pressure that, again, I mean, we, we, we saw the way the Bucks beat the Chiefs. We keep going back to it. If that's the sort of pressure that gives the Chiefs trouble, I, you know, I'd be surprised if we didn't see it on Monday night. So uh, Brian says that Patrick's been carrying the ball. You know, we were talking about his fumbles um, similar to D-Rob, and folks are noticing it. Defenders notice it. Uh, certainly, the the fumble at Tennessee was did not have the ball secured there. John asks, and this is uh, uh, you guys who were there in Nashville. Has Andy continue, continued to sit down with Patrick on the sideline after each series? You know, usually the cameras pick up on that. I, I didn't notice that on on Sunday. I don't recall seeing it either. It doesn't mean it didn't happen, but the only time I really remember Andy and Patrick together was after Patrick got hurt. Um, I, I, Sam and Sam and Herbie might, might've seen otherwise, but I don't recall them doing that. Brian also says, uh, Chief Smith, Fisher, Schwartz, uh, Watkins, LDT, Fennell, Breland, Wilson, more than we realized. Maybe, uh, for perhaps I, I think, um, you know, the Chiefs made it a point to, to keep the stars and the, and the, and the all pro players. Fisher, you know, got hurt at the exact wrong time to have that kind of injury. When it happened, I think they'd have been interested in bringing Fisher back, but knew they were not going to have him for a good chunk of this season. And Mitchell Schwartz just decided to retire and is now uh, one of the more interesting follows on Twitter. So um, check it out, uh, uh, Mitch, Mitchell Schwartz. Uh, listen, we, we, we it's funny. I, I thought maybe we'd, be, we'd spend equal parts on the offense and the defense, and um, and and that just did not happen. So. Let's uh, let, let's let's wind it down. Herbie's got to get out of here because he's going to jump on a telephone call with Giants coach Joe Judge. What's what are you going to ask him about, Herbie? We got to find out why he thinks what you know this mess of the piece people have figured out the Chiefs. You know, I, I want to dive more into what he's going to say about that. But I will say this: we got to take Monday's night's game with with a grain of salt. It's the Giants. Okay, they're two and five for a reason. They're one of the worst teams in the league. But if the Chiefs are going to fix themselves. They have to do it now because their next three opponents after the Giants have a combined four losses, which is the same amount of losses as the Chiefs have right now. 
So if, if you're going to right the ship and if Patrick Mahomes is going to figure out how to cover two defense with underneath throws, it has to happen Monday night. Hey, and the Giants might be getting back some of those players that uh, they, they missed in beating the Panthers last week, right? A bunch of wide receivers and, and Barkley. And um, look, that was a um, that was a bad Panthers team the Giants beat. But I don't know. I How confident is anybody in the Chiefs right now? I, I think we would all pick them to win the game. but. Not confidently. I mean, I know the Giants are two and five, but how do you how do you just feel great about what the Chiefs are, uh, where they are right now? Um, they they haven't they haven't won at Arrowhead since opening day, beating the Browns. Right, two losses at uh, at home since then. I, I don't know. Would anybody pick the Giants to win? No, but I I don't remember being in a spot where <laughs> the Chiefs could win this game thirty five to nothing, and um, so. You know, like, like <laughs> let's see it. I, I've never felt that way before, you know, but like, I don't care what happens. Like if, if they lose, whoo, <laughs> right. We've got some, some big fish to fry. If they lose this, it's going to be an ugly November, an ugly November with the, with the Packers, Raiders and, and Cowboys waiting right in line. Yeah. It's, it's all about that three game stretch. You guys saw that stat that's been going around the, the chiefs have the, by uh, opponents winning percentage, the the hardest remaining schedule of anybody in the league, which is not what you want when 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 you're struggling. Yeah, all of a sudden the Cincinnati Bengals are a formidable opponent for for the Chiefs. So Matthew said he suffered through the Elvis Gerbach uh, years at quarterback. I'll take this version of the Chiefs. <laughs> I think a lot of people would agree with that. Okay, let's get out of here. Thanks so much for your questions and comments. Um, and for Sam, Sam, Herbie, and Vahe, thanks you guys. And for Beth Welsh, who does a great job taking care of all of our particular technological needs. Great job, Beth. Uh, we will come to you after the game on, on Monday night, probably around midnight is what we're saying. Uh, so let's uh, so join us then, and we'll be talking Chiefs Giants in the post game. Join us. Thanks, guys. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam Ellinger for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. So let's talk about the morning sports edition for a moment. If you're not seeing it, you're really missing out. On KansasCity.com, go to the Stars E-Edition. You know, that's the replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes with it. When you open the E-Edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says All Editions. Click on that and voila. Anywhere from 15 to 50 pages of sports every day. Maybe you get a link for this in your email. I do, and it's there by about 6 a.m. every morning, but... However you get it, it is access to complete coverage of the previous day's sports news, features, statistics, everything. It's fantastic. Hey, thanks for reading The Star and listening to our podcast lineup. You're helping support the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City, and we cannot produce programs like Sports Beat KC without you. We'll be back on Friday. We're going to talk a little college football and basketball, Mizzou and K-State. Hope you'll tune in then.